Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The last of the major pro sports leagues tips off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to BetOnline today and get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Guys, it's a great day to be a Cowboy. Got that rainy homecoming win over Cincinnati. 45-13, biggest conference victory since our 2021 win over TCU. Oh, thing of beauty on Saturday. We might be back. <laughs> hey, we just might. We just might. You know, one of the things that I actually loved so much about the game, too, was in the first half, as I was watching it, I remember last week's episode, I said that the, an area of concern for us was going to be our defensive line. And it kind of seemed like that was going to be the case in the first half. And then they just came out in that second half looking like like they they took I don't even <laughs> I don't I don't know what happened in the locker room at halftime, but they came out the gates just huh. And uh, yeah, it looked it looked amazing from there on out. So, yeah, beautiful to see. One of to your point, Eve. One of the things I've noticed is the halftime adjustments Coach Nardo is making. Now, I don't understand the X's and O's to the extent that both of you do, but you can see it play out on the field. Like this week, it was ten seven at halftime. I felt like we were more in command of the game, and the score was closer than I felt. Like it felt on the field but then like you said they come out the defense figures it out they allow one touchdown in the second half combined ollie takes off and it seems like that's been the theme it's kind of close in the first half a little bit of back and forth and the defense clicks ollie gets going and i love it i love it yeah i'll say two three years ago with Jim Knowles, it was a similar situation. We're just a second half team. Like I always remember going into halftime being like, all right, well, at least I know that whenever we come back out, we're just going to run away with the lead. And for whatever reason, right, it seems like it's that same theme again. So, yeah, I don't know why either. But, hey, as long as we know how to make those adjustments, I think we're always going to be um, good money. Yeah, it's just a good reminder as a fan, just the game isn't one in one half. It's a full game. And what we've seen is these guys are making adjustments. They're doing a great job. But Ollie Gordon, I mean, that guy just gets stronger as the game goes on. So even if it starts off a little bit slow, a little bit rocky, just be patient, give it some time, let him adjust. And then eventually, what what did he end up with? I mean, the guy just completely went off. So you just got to love it. The whole time I was watching that game, especially as we got stronger in the fourth quarter, the only thing that was in my mind was I know that a tear is coming down Coach Glass's face right now, just <laughs> smiling at how strong we are finishing. Justin, you mentioned Ollie Gordon. Well, a couple other things to note, guys, before we sort of break down that game. The CFP poll came out this week. We are 22. Yay. We are ranked in the college football playoff poll. So everyone who said, everyone who said, hey, poor strength of schedule, never going to make it. Look at us. We're ranked now. We're ranked. I feel like that, you know, everyone keeps, you know, looking back at South Alabama and you wish you could have it back, but we are in the rankings. We are tied for first, a five-way tie for first in the Big 12. We're bowl eligible for the 18th consecutive season. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I don't want to put like too much into the rankings because – uh, it's the first one that comes out. We are sandwiched between Kansas and Kansas State. And it's like, okay, well, we just beat Kansas, but they have like a, a higher quality win with uh, just beating OU. So it really does come down. Like so much of it comes down to this weekend and how we per perform against OU. But before we even get there, like we just need to, we need to recap Cincy. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm anxious. 
all all the emotions right now. But right, I was gonna say, y'all know y'all know how I feel about rankings. I don't care. I do not care about rankings until the last two weeks of the season. Right, that's when it really matters. Everything leading up to that is like so much can change, especially in college football as you're heading into those you know those final uh, competitive games. Right, yeah. so. At this point of the season, whenever the rankings are coming out, more than anything, more or less, it's for television rankings and uh, making sure that, you know, scheduling is, is on par. This is how much it can change. Like in like legit the last two weeks, we had people talking about bowl projections and that we were maybe going to face Colorado in some bowl. I don't remember what the bowl was, but now it's looking like we're going to be in a way better bowl. And that now they're projecting like against Oregon. Like that's the biggest swing I've ever seen, like from Colorado to Oregon in two weeks. This and season is Colorado, one of the biggest swings you'll ever see. Yeah. In Colorado, they, they're probably not even going to make a bowl. Like that's how much can change. And we're talking about two weeks and we've got several weeks left of college football. So it's going to be, it's a ride, like buckle up. Last thing I'll say about, about the rankings. I agree. Like so much is going to change. There's those, that top four is most likely not going to be the top four, especially when you get into Ohio state and Michigan in there, you have two big 10 teams. I understand all that. I think my biggest thing, it's a confidence boost for us. Cause like I said, going into this season, we had an uphill battle with our strength of schedule. So for the college football committee playoff committee to acknowledge hey these are some pretty big wins we're not going to let we're not going to hold south alabama over their head now you got to win out you got to finish but it is just a little bit of like okay they're not going to hold that completely against us and we did not completely shoot ourselves in the foot with that loss i think that that's what i take away from this but let's enough about rankings because i know eve doesn't care and a lot can change but justin wants to talk about this week oh, Big night for Ollie Gordon named. He's the first player to three-peat as conference player of the week in 10 years. He was also named the Doak Walker National Running Back of the Week for the third week straight. He was also named the Maxwell Player of the Week. The list goes on. He had 25 carries for 271 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 10.8 yards a carry. Guys, and since he entered that game with the second best rushing defense in the Big 12. Yeah, I kind of went into that uh, thinking, sure, but who have you played, right? We were kind of thinking that. I broke it down a little bit. I didn't go into detail on the last episode, but they had played uh, some of the FBS opponents on their schedule were Pitt, Miami of Ohio, OU, BYU, Iowa State, and Baylor. And a lot of their rushing offenses were just not good. And, I mean, you can't really hold it against Cincinnati because they did what they should have done against them, which is hold them to less than 100 yards per game. But OSU had gone into that game averaging, I think it was 224 rushing yards per game over the last three games. And then all of a sudden they just exploded. Like, this is one of the top 25 rushing defenses, and OSU puts up 315 on them. So, Cincy, uh, I mean, I'm sorry that we had to do it to you, but... It's nothing personal. We would have done it to anyone. Now they're down number 44 in the rankings. So that's what happens when you go up against Ollie Gordon. Yeah, it's so funny. I think I think back at whenever I first got to college, right, 2009, and everybody was essentially running a pro set uh, type of offense, right? Meaning, you know, you got five offensive linemen, you got a tight end, two wide receivers, two running backs, one of them being a fullback. And then a couple of years later, everybody switches. You have, you know, these high flying offenses, you have spread offense. Mike Leach breaks out into the scene. And uh, it seemed like Oklahoma State was actually like a real innovator during that period, especially in 2011, especially, you know, with the what was it called? The diamond formation. Oh, yeah. I love the diamond, baby. That, that diamond formation. Right. And then you just like, OK, there's the physicality of the game going away. And I tell you what, with this team right now, yo, it is looking like it's. It's just a hybrid of, hey, we, we, we're going to spread them out. But just so you know, we can come in and we can knock some heads as well, right? And, yo, the way that um, our offensive line put it to Cincinnati's D-line, um, as well as our tight ends and the fullbacks, I mean, that was just one of the most uh, excellent, dominant rushing performances uh, that I've seen in a college football game in a while, right? And and I'm not talking about like D1 versus D2 or FBS versus FCS. Hey, these are two Power 5 programs that we're going against one another. And 
it's, it's been a long time since I've seen our rushing attack and our offensive line look that good against what I would say a worthy opponent. Definitely. And you brought up the diamond and we've seen it some this year and it's kind of like bringing a tear to my eye, but <laughs> nostalgia. I, I was thinking about like how we could really take advantage of that. And I'm thinking like, let's put all three of our running backs in the diamond formation. Like that would be so confusing for a defense trying like to figure that. out is Ollie getting the ball is Nixon getting the ball. Collins coming out of nowhere. Like, Man, like the the possibilities are endless. I'm surprised we haven't seen it yet. I would love to see it in Bedlam. Yo. But, uh, you know, hey, Coach Dunn, if you're listening to this, I got an idea or two coming out of the diamond formation. Hit do you remember up. Do you remember the Heisman formation by the Baltimore Ravens? I don't so know that one. The Baltimore Ravens had Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and RG3 <laughs> in the backfield at the same time. They called it the Heisman formation because all three of them had won the Heisman. That's awesome. And, uh, Yo, so they ran it once. RG3 went for like 19 yards because he ended up getting the ball. And then they just never ran it again. Like it was like it happened once and then it just it just it disappeared. But Man. it was so dope, right? So imagine our version of that at OSU with just all these running backs who we know can ball. That'd be dope. Yeah. Couple more notes on Ollie's massive performance. He became the second cowboy running back to rush for 250 or more yards in back-to-back -back games since barry sanders did it he also joined bc's andre williams as the only two fbs players over the last 20 seasons by the way ollie's 19 so has not happened in his since andre williams but wow. two players in the number 20 years ollie's 19 wow with 250 scrimmage yards in three straight games Gordon has the first and fourth most rushing yards in a game this season in all of S FBS. And the past two games mark the most rushing yards of an OSU player in a two game span, 533 for Ali and the other Barry Sanders posted 625 against Iowa state and Texas tech in 1988. Unprecedented. It is. Didn't. Yeah, you 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 gotta love that. <laughs> hey, there's nothing really else is to, to say about that. That speaks for itself right there. Straight up. Guys, I mean, last, oh go ahead, Justin. I, I was gonna say, like, are we thinking Heisman now? Like, what do you guys think? I mean, we were kind of shying away from it a little bit last week, but after this performance, how are we leaning now? Yo, 100% put Ollie in the Heisman conversation. Don't wait another week or two. What this kid is doing is absolutely unreal. When he's up there with players like Andre Williams, who if you don't remember him from BC, he was a prolific running back 10 years ago. And then, of course, Barry Sanders is Barry Sanders. Like those two, just what he's doing is ridiculous. And if you look at the stats, if you if you want to talk statistics, he's the first in the nation in rushing yards, first in the nation in rushing yards per game, second in the nation yard, second in the nation in rush yards per carry, third in all purpose yards, ninth in rushing touchdowns. Just imagine, guys, imagine if he was getting the ball this many times the first three weeks, what he would be doing. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm not, I'm not putting him in the Heisman convo. I just can't. Why? Uh, as as much as I like, you know, everything that he's done so far, you know, really, especially with these last four weeks, um, leading the nation now. Everything for me really comes down to how we gonna perform this upcoming weekend. So hey, if he balls out against you know that other team against University of Oklahoma UO, then I'm putting him in the Heisman convo straight up because. Unfortunately, we all know, and I hate to say it, that's our Achilles heel, and it has been for, for, for a long time. So if he can replicate this performance, all right, hey, now I'm putting – look, if he runs for 250 yards against the University of Oklahoma, he's at the top of my Heisman campaign straight up. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you, Eve. Like, it is still just barely too early. and I, and Barely, barely. I, I, I can't say, like, I'm holding it against him because of how great he did in October, but he's really only done it for October, right? You have to be able to con consistently do that, spread it throughout a whole season and you can catch fire. You absolutely can, but how much can you sustain it? Especially when you're going against a top 10 team, for example, and OU. So if he, like Eve mentioned, goes for 250 against OU, 
are you kidding me? Like we've got our answer right now. Give this man the Heisman. But you know, of course, you got to finish out the year strong as well. But just looking at the teams that we have played against, and I'm not sliding them at all. Like these are these are great wins that we've we've had against some of these teams. None of them were ranked as high as OU, and really like not as much was on the line. Heisman moments come whenever something big is on the line. Yeah. And you just rise above the rest of the competition. So it could happen. I'm and right we're not there. playing Texas this year, right? So this is this is the big opportunity, right? Like this, there's a lot at stake for this game right here. But you know, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. I see what you guys are saying. However, I think he should still 100 percent be in the conversation. The conversation changes. I think he is though. Right. But I'm saying like he and it and not just a, oh whatever. No, like seriously talk about the kid. What he's doing. And I I agree that he needs to continue. You can't just stop here. These, you know, are we gonna get two hundred plus yard games in the next few weeks? Who knows? I mean, that's that's insane. I just I don't know if people are fully comprehending what he's doing. And that's yeah. kind of like, I don't think people are necessarily realizing, you know, if you look and I'm using this player because he was the Doak Walker winner last year, came in high expectations. That is Blake Corum from Michigan. He's 47th in rush yards in the nation. He's yeah. 50th in rushing yards per game. He's second in rush yards per carry. He's 136th in all purpose yards. The yeah. only category he leads is rushing touchdowns with 13. So, and I yep. use Blake Corum to compare because he's last year's Doak Walker winner. Big he had some Heisman hype coming into the season. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, obviously there are a lot of other players, but some of the guys who are in the top 10 of those categories are at Troy or at Georgia State, which obviously are taking them out of contention. I mean, Jonathan yeah. Brooks, he's high on some, he's low on others. Ollie's consistently in the top 10 across the board at his position. And I think, yeah. you know, it's a quarterback award, sure, but... Let's well, that's the thing. It is a quarterback award. It has been recently. So to win it as a running back, you really have to have those unbelievable numbers that all he has been putting up. And like I said, spread it out over the whole year, not just in one month. So right. if this continues to happen, definitely put him in the conversation and maybe we can talk about, yeah, inviting him to New York, possibly winning the thing, but the moments. it's going to come with those moments so yeah, beating the OU, moment you know, carry, so carrying the team on his back yeah. to the conference championship game, potentially winning the conference championship against whoever it may be, OU, Texas, Kansas State. You know, those are the moments that are going to stand out to the Heisman yeah. voters. And then they can look past the, oh, well, you know, he didn't he didn't do anything in the first three games. Like, that's not really on him. Let's give him this award because he is clearly the best football player in college football. Yeah, and I think we think – isn't there something to be said of the fact that he didn't do much in the first three games? And these are the numbers he's at a thousand yards already, you know, in eight games. Sure. But definitely in five, well, you know, we, we know that looking at it, but I don't know how much the Heisman voters or anybody else around the nation necessarily knows that aspect of it. All they're going to see are the total numbers at the end of the year. I don't think they're going to go back and necessarily look sure. at you know, what, who was getting these carries in the first three games and things like that. They'll just kind of see it as what was going on here. Maybe like he wasn't as good or yeah. something clicked. I mean, and they're going to have to know. figure out the story behind it. We know it cause we're yeah. close to it, but yeah, we all know that there's something to be said about it, but I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there, Justin, it's all about the national conversation. And when you talk about what's happening nationally, I think still the person that has the best Heisman game Heisman moment as of right now is Michael Penix Jr. with his win over Oregon. And uh, have they already played USC? I can't, I can't remember. Did they? This week? That's coming up, right? Coming yeah. Up, yeah. That's weekend, coming up, right? So another opportunity for him to have that Heisman moment. And I get it. You can only play the people that are on your schedule, but you know, he has that moment, even though I think personally that Jordan Travis over at Florida state is a better player right but i digress that's another conversation but um yeah the, the moments it really comes down to the moment so if we are going into the fourth quarter and it's a close game and ollie puts the team on his back and he wins it for us psh, hey heisman moment give it to him well ollie i need you to have a heisman moment so these guys will back me and you can get in the conversation <laughs> because i'm starting the campaign hey, and i need your support <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take what I'm saying. I don't want it to be misconstrued. He's in the conversation. If you had to do a ranking of like where he is in the Heisman conversation, he's probably like around six or seven. 
Like he's in the conversation, but only That's thing that matters is like the top three people, right? I think he can go from seven to number three, two, one after a dominant performance this week. 100% agree. Holly, just do something great this weekend, please. Do something or, crazy. Just no no worries, no, no pressure, no diamonds. But all the pressure. A um, couple more performances to quickly touch on before we get into this week's matchup with that team south of us. Leon Johnson, new Big 12 newcomer of the week in his mm. first start for the Cowboys. Breakout performance. He spent the last four seasons at George Fox, a D3 university. This past weekend against Cincy, he had five catches for 149 yards, including a 67-yard gain in the first in the second quarter. Excuse me. He is the first Cowboy to surpass 100 receiving yards in the in his first start since Tay Martin did so in 2021. It's Leon Johnson. I need to know more about this guy. I want to know his story. Like, how did he? Where's he from? How did he end up in Washington, Oregon going to George Fox? Seattle. Okay. Gotcha. And then he goes to George Fox. I want to know how he ended up at OSU. Was he in conversations with anybody on our coaching staff? Like there are so many questions that I have. Megan, are you going to interview him? Like we got to get the scoop here. I uh, so far right now, he's he's from Bothell, Washington, I believe. But I think he's um, I've been told he's from like the Seattle area. So I know he's from Washington State, but maybe he's just a Seahawks fan. Um, he's not on my list right now to um, so many questions. It's part I of the have, Seattle me metropolitan area. Okay, maybe we just get him on the podcast. And, <laughs> I have some, yeah, there you go. I have some minimal information on this. From what I remember, it's been a while, so forgive me if I'm mess missing some of these details here. But this is a guy. He has like a very athletic build and frame. So the guys, like an NFL scout, had kind of approached him and was like, "You can make it in the NFL. Just you, you know, you can." probably do better than what you're doing at a D3 university. So then he gets in touch with somebody who knows coach Dunn. Cause I think coach Dunn is from that kind of area. Like he actually used to coach with the Seattle Seahawks. If you guys remember that before he came oh. to Oklahoma state, he went to yeah, Idaho yeah. too. So that would make sense. The Pacific yeah. Northwest. Um, so anyway, you know, he comes to Oklahoma state. Um, well, from where he was from, he didn't have really like any kind of, I don't think any great coaching or, any strength and conditioning. So he wasn't really ready for division one college football whenever he transferred to Oklahoma state. Um, but you know, he has been obviously developing and, uh, the plan was to redshirt him this year. And based on that breakout performance, you kind of, you can't do that anymore. Right? Like the depth at receiver that we have, like guys Strong. are injured, he's coming up and he's putting up 150 receiving yards, averaging, 30 yards a catch. So this is the deep threat that we've all been wanting for Bowman all year. And he's finally arrived. Like this is kind of the missing piece that we've, we've needed in our offense. Yeah. Cause if guys are going to be coming up and trying to stop selling out to try to stop Ollie Gordon and our rushing game, what's the best way to beat that play action, go over the top, hit him over the top with this deep threat that we got here. So man, I'm glad he's here. And like, I wish that he could, I wish he could develop and continue to, you know, have that red shirt and come back for the next year. But man, take full advantage of what you got now. Cause if you're burning your red shirt because you're so good, then that's okay. Like that's a good sign. And maybe that means that you are maybe ready for the NFL. So continue to put in that work. Yeah. Love it. Well, has it, I mean, cause I just, I was, as I was, I was trying to find some information on an article in the Oklahoman, Justin, that Jacob Unruh wrote about how Casey Dunn has basically 48 hours to decide if he wants to redshirt him or not. So it's Yeah, you know, that's a that's a tough deal too because I mean, really you got to sit down right and talk with that player and figure out if that's something that he really wants to do. Um there's so much to to weigh in on that decision. It's a personal thing, but it's also a team thing. And based on what he did this last week, if he believes that he can replicate that and put up the same numbers against some of these other teams, like you got to almost, you got to take the risk, right. And just go live it out and, and see if, uh, see if your dream comes true in that aspect. But I can definitely see the other side of it where you maybe don't have that confidence, even though you just saw it on the field. And it's like, maybe this is a one-off kind of thing. I don't know that I can do that again. Like Cincinnati's secondary, they're not the best in the country. So I just went That's out great. and I, and I balled on some guys that are average at best. 
I want to continue to develop and I want to come back next year and give myself a, a legitimate chance at the NFL. Like weighing that out and making that decision is very tough. It's like I wouldn't want to be in his position, but you just got to trust that, you know, God's got a plan for you regardless and you got to do what you, what you think is best for yourself. So and you do have to, you have to be honest with yourself in those situations. I think back at, um, I want to say it was 2009. We went out there, we played Grambling State. And I don't know if you remember this game, Justin. Do you remember who the best receiver in that game was for us? Grambling State. Jeremy Smith went off. He went off for like 150 something yards. That's the game that Dez wasn't able to play. So Dez wasn't, no, it wasn't Dez. Um, trying to think of the best. I don't I'll know. Give you, I'll give you his initials DF. Dameron Fuchs. Yeah, Dameron Fuchs. Fuchs just went off during I that game. That. Yeah. Right. So you remember Fuchs goes off in that game. And yo, Fuchs was feeling himself that week. I'm talking. He's back in the <laughs> locker room. He's talking about he is the best receiver on the team. I remember hearing Tracy Moore talking about it. Hey, hey, Fuchs said he the best receiver. On, hey, Hubert, Hubert. Fuchs said he the best receiver on the team. And all that talk's happening in the showers, in the locker room, all that. <laughs> and then what do we see from Fuchs the rest of the season? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, right? So you got to be honest with yourself in those situations. So, I, you know, I would say for um, for for Leon, if he's going into, um, you know, having to make a decision, I think that same approach that you're talking about right there, Justin, is is, is so crucial, right? You have to be honest with yourself and say, yeah. like, hey, is this a one off? Is this something that in practice I'm seeing a consistent theme of? Do my coaches believe in me? Do I believe in myself? And ultimately, is this an opportunity for me to continue to develop for a couple more years, or uh, do I want to burn a redshirt? And Eve, you know better than anybody, it really does come down to the situation that you're placed in the NFL. You might be one of the best players going into the draft, and then you get into a crappy situation and it just doesn't work out for the guy. Loses confidence, and then next thing you know, you know you're bagging groceries or whatever the case is. So, 90% you know. of players are a system fit, straight up. That's system. another conversation for the postseason, guys. <laughs> we can talk about fits and everything. Uh, we got a big game to get to. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we do, I, I mean, I got to call it out because this is something that I've wanted to see for a while, and it finally happened. So as much as I loved all the performances from the guys, the biggest thing that stuck out to me this game was Coach Gundy going over to talk to Ollie on the sidelines after Ollie had lost his composure for a moment. So now I like to I like to see our players show some emotion and fire and passion and all of that. But there is a line and Ollie crossed it by slamming his helmet. And just about all of us have done it at some point in time, whether it's practice or whatever, just because you know you've established a standard for yourself and sometimes you don't reach those expe expectations. Things aren't going right, you lose your temper. But what Gundy did is what we love to see his fans like this is something that comes along with being a head coach for nearly two decades he remained calm and challenged ollie to keep his composure he said that kind of stuff that he did can have a negative impact for the team so that part was huge the next part was even bigger ollie was receptive to that all right that's one of the biggest factors about being coachable it's not just about the x's and o's or the route concepts or the leverage you can gain. Those are just things that you learn about from coaches. But being coachable also includes like these things, learning from the coaches, being receptive and open to what a coach, like anything a coach tells you, including how important it is to keep your composure and positive Im positively impact your teammates. So, you know, not everybody's receptive of that. Some guys will hear exactly what Gundy said and how he said it to Ollie. And if they're talking, if he's talking to anybody else, somebody else could think, you know what? Screw this. I didn't ask for this. I don't need this. So one, Gundy's doing the great job of coaching the team, building that rapport, establishing a foundation for guys to succeed on the field and in life. And then you got on the other side of the coin, Ollie being receptive to that. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff, in my opinion, that's going to play a major factor into guys choosing to stay at OSU rather than enter the portal. A lot of people are talking about it right now. Can OSU retain Ollie Gordon this year? Because, you know, OSU doesn't have all the money in the world. They, you know, he could go be the running back at Alabama or Colorado and they're going to pay him millions of dollars and all this stuff. 
do you want to risk that based on you don't know if it's going to be a great fit. You don't know if it's going to be a good running back room, uh, you know, position coach, head coach. Gundy has established this with Ollie. Ollie already chose to stay and establish himself as the guy from last season with this mass exodus. Can he do it again? I think so. And it's because of stuff like this. Yeah. To sum it up in a nice quote, it was head coach Doc Rivers in the NBA who said, average players want to be left alone. Good players want to be coached. Great players want to be told the truth. And the fact that Ali was as receptive as he was about that shows me that he wants to be great. It is time, guys. Bedlam is here. The mm. last bedlam for the foreseeable future. A couple storylines in this game. Trace Ford makes his return to Stillwater. Almost forgot that he went there, but he is coming back to Stillwater. Uh, OU is also coming off a 38-33 to loss to Kansas the week before that. So two weeks ago, they won a close one over UCF. 31-29, UCF had a failed two-point conversion to tie the game with 116 left in the fourth. How are we feeling entering this game on Saturday? <laughs> like, this is just crazy. Where we're at today versus where we were a month ago, thinking... Here we go again. Like the yeah. way that OU was putting up big numbers against some of these teams. Like if you go back and look at their schedule, you know, throwing up 60 plus points in an era where it's not even possible because the, the running clock, you can't do that. You're not allowed to put up 60 plus points anymore. What What's going on? These guys are like elite, you know, and, they, and then they go over and they beat their rival Texas and Texas was ranked ahead of them and they're poised for a national championship run. And out of nowhere comes OU avenging their 48 to nothing loss against the rivals. And you know what? I'm thinking like, there's no way I had already said at the beginning of the season, we're not going to beat OU. Like I'm, pre I'm predicting 10 and two, our two losses are going to be Kansas state and OU. And it's crazy because we, we have them at home, but there's just, there's just no way. Now here I am we thinking are. we're the better team and on paper, we look like we're going to win this game. And it's like almost a cruel joke. Like what, what is happening? What's going wrong? What, why is this happening to me? And I'm going to be anxious all week. We're recording right now on Tuesday. You're going to hear it on Thursday. By the time you hear it, my score projection prediction has probably changed 40 times. Like so many things are going through my head because this is the last one. You don't get the chance to say, you know, even if we lose, you don't get the chance to say, well, there's always next year. There's not. This is it. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, yo, Justin, why'd you do this to me, bro? This is I what was, goes through my head. I have to share this burden. I was trying so hard. <laughs> I was just trying so hard to be stoic. I think last year I let out a bunch of emotion. I called into different radio stations. I was asked to call in and I, I just talked a bunch of trash about how much better we were than OU. The year before that, I did the same thing. Something about this week just always gets my nerves going, right? These emotions come out. And I said, you know what? I ain't doing that to myself this week. I'm not doing that to myself in 2023 during Bedlam week. One time and for the one time. And, and here you are just getting me riled up talking about this is the last time in the foreseeable future, even though I already knew about all these things. <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to keep my cool. y'all. I'm trying to keep my cool. I will say ain't no telling what's going to happen on Saturday. OK, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to be. I don't know how I'm going to react. I'm trying to I, I, there, there's nothing that I can do that can dictate the outcome of this game. So one thing that I will say, though. I ain't about to talk trash the same way that I did last year or the year before that. Hey, I'm just hoping for a nice competitive game where orange and black comes out on top. Yeah. It's I, almost like this isn't just another game. It's, it's, I mean, it's not. You know, you know that's so, it's so weird that coach Gundy keeps doing this in the media and his media available. I don't know if he's doing this behind the scenes with the team or if he's really getting them fired up. Or, you know, if he's remaining calm all week and then just 
lets it all out in a pregame speech uh, and really gets them jazzed up. I don't know what's happened. That didn't happen when we were there. That that never happened in a pregame speech in Bedlam for all, us. All I know is like that's the one that's I I love Gundy, right? Everybody knows that. But this is one of the things that just Gundy, man, you're driving me crazy with this. Why can't you be a little bit more like Mike Boynton? All right. We don't like them. It's personal. Like that's the stuff that gets us juiced. Let's go. But anyway, maybe he's trying to, you know, hedge I, any public <laughs> humiliation. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what, what it I is. Do know, though, what I do know though is the player, the players gonna show that emotion. I you know, so. what, what, one of my favorite memories still to this day is Bedlam 2011 when hey, team comes together. You got Rashetti Jones in the middle of the huddle talking about, oh, you F them hoes. Yeah. And all that, that's the type yeah. of stuff right there that gets you riled up. And whenever we're on the sideline and we're running it up against Tony Jefferson, who's trying to come and fit his gaps, and he's just bouncing off of our running backs. And I see Johnny Thomas sprinting down the field talking about, don't take your foot off their necks. F them guy. F them mother elfers. And I'm like, yes. That's what, hey. I, that, that's what we need. Again, I'm not trying to get yeah. too riled up. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying. Breathe. You know, breathe. We'll man, say. That's, that's what you got to love, man. College football is great. And the rivalries make it elite. Like being on the field, all that emotion, all the adrenaline, you're legit a superhuman on that field. Straight up. It's great. It's just like an indescribable feeling. That's the closest I can get yeah. to it. I'm going to sound dumb saying anything else. That probably sounded dumb. I don't care. It is what it is. Sounds great. And you know, you know, hey, I don't cuss. You know me. Like I don't, I don't, I don't use profanity. But um, yo, I tell my wife straight up. I'm like, yo, every every year, there's gonna be one week of the year. You might just see me turn into a different person. <laughs> so you straight up. If we had a swear jar in the house during Bedlam yeah. week, all right, that thing is getting filled up. <laughs> one or, one or two top. might slip yeah. out. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm completely out of character on this Saturday. All right, so just fair warning. Well, Justin, you said that Gundy kind of keeps it here, just another game. Eve, you said Rashetti was in your huddle, and guess where he is now? On our sideline. It's true. He is there with right. the players. You see him with them. So maybe Rashetti will fire them up, and that's coming from a guy who's won this game, who's been there, who's been in the Ooh. trenches. So maybe that carries a little more weight because he he was them 12 years ago. And Jamie Blatnick was there too, who's also on staff. He sure. is. He is. Yeah, I think, you know, you talked about this team and just the vibe around this team to me is so different from last year. And I think they want this so bad for themselves, for each other, for the fans. And I mean, obviously – your attitude and your team spirit doesn't win you games, but when you play for each other and not just yourself, it right. makes a huge difference. Obviously we have Ollie Gordon who is taking over the team, carrying them on his back, running for 200 plus yards a game, but Hey, Elijah Collins scored a touchdown last week. Brennan Presley had 50 yards, but he also scored two touchdowns. He had 11, yeah. I think 11 rush yards and uh, 39 receiving yards. He scored two touchdowns. Yeah. Leon Johnson goes off for 150. You've had big games from Jaden Bray. You've had big catches from Rashad Owens and Josiah Johnson. There have been different guys on this team who have stepped up in different games, which I think is huge. And I think that – I don't think it's lost on them. This is not just another game to them. Gundy might play that off. I don't think that is the vibe in the locker room at all. Good, good. I'm not, like, close to the team. Like, you know, I don't – I don't know what I can, I can only know what I see. So to hear that from behind the scenes, thank you, Meg. That gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, they might not be allowed to say that it's not just another game. <laughs> I mean, because at, at the end of the day, this game is very important, but you still have to win the rest if you want to play for a Big 12 championship. But we're focused on, oh, yeah. on this week. On this week, we are focused here. Also, I was at the game on Saturday. It was cold. It was rainy. Beautiful football weather, if you ask me. Uh, and the atmosphere, Gundy called out the atmosphere and said that that atmosphere on Saturday was unlike anything he has witnessed in his 40 years as a player and coach at Oklahoma State. 
kind of wish we had a 6.30 kick or a 7 p.m. kick this weekend. I just think there's something different about playing other, under the lights. But I wholeheartedly think that Cowboy Nation will be out in full force and that home field advantage is going to be huge for our team on Saturday. You could feel the electricity. Even when people left after halftime or in the third quarter, it was still rocking in BPS. So I expect it to be full throttle. This no doubt about it. Yep. And that game would have been awesome under the neon black sky of Stillwater, Oklahoma. But last bedlam, 2.30, perfect weather it's looking like. I mean, it's going to be about as rowdy as you can possibly get it for for any type of any any time, but especially for a 2.30 game. Uh, man, Pokesman's showing out this year. It seems like he's said that so many times this year. He's like given the fans so much love. And rightfully so. I mean, even back whenever we were, you know, 2011, Eve, it kind of seemed like there were a lot of fans, obviously. But after some of these blowouts, fans would start to leave after a while. And it seemed like, you know, they'd suck around for the Kansas State game because that one was a close one. Um, Bedlam, and that was kind of it. And then it's all the other games. But it seems like almost every single game this year, people are sticking around. Um yeah, even the Alabama game, game still, so. still people there. Yeah, there's nothing like a motivated Boone Picking Stadium, just rocking. Guys, a couple quick things to hit on specifically about this game before we get to the fun part of our show predictions. Mm-hmm. But Dylan Gabriel is probably the best quarterback we have faced so far. He has just over 2,300 yards this season, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions. Kansas held him to 100. 71 yards and zero touchdowns in the air. Although it was pretty rainy in Lawrence, there was a weather delay. He did have 64 rush yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Their leading running back, Tawi Walker, he's only 5'9", but 216. It's a pretty stocky kid. Bowling 385 ball. yards and five touchdowns this season. He ran for 146 and one touchdown versus Kansas. And they're leading. That's like receiver. the perfect size for a running back, in my opinion. Like <laughs> yeah. five nine two sixteen is like perfect. Like you get to hide a little bit underneath those six five offensive linemen, and then you get to just barrel low center of gravity. Yo, if I was a scout or anything, I would always look for like shorter, bigger guys. You love that Kendall Hunter build. Well, even well, even Kendall was like one ninety, right? Know, it's like yeah, a, that's the thing. He was like a Samaj P. P. Ryan, like a Samaj P. Ryan, like Maurice Jones Drew. That's who I was Drew. thinking of. MJD. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, literally who came to my mind. It's perfect it's running back. <laughs> but also, what I like, guys, is that uh, OU is third in sacks against with nine this season in the Big Twelve. Hmm. So they rank third in sacks against. Colin Oliver and Nick Martin, this is your time to shine. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And on, on the flip side of that, I think I read somewhere that OSU has only given up one sack in the last four games, which is just wild. One, our run blocking is amazing. Pass blocking is doing great. And Bowman is being smart with the ball. People are getting annoyed that he throws it away so often. But guys, he's not going to be 100%. Like, And wouldn't you rather him throw it away then throw an interception, turn the ball over, like chill with the whole, you know, oh, Bowman throwing it away, drive me crazy. Get out of here with that. He's playing smart football, protecting the ball, and he's definitely going to need to do that in Bedlam this weekend. Yeah, smart football is going to be so important with his defense that just, you know, what, lead the Big 12 in interceptions? So, yeah. There you go. go. Y'all ready to go with these picks? Yes, yes. Well, before we do picks, I mean, hey, we got some uniform review stuff. Well, uniform (laughs) picks. Okay, all right. Moving on to uniforms. Eve is ready. He is over it. We are going to uniforms, Eve, I promise. Uh, Uniform predictions. Last week, well, first of all, last week it was the white, orange, black. Congrats to Justin for getting the logo right. It was the vintage Pete logo with the fuzzy fuzzy chaps. Loved it. Great job by you, Justin. Shaggy Pete. You know what, though? I think Justin Williams, listener of the pod, friend of the pod, I think he heard my perfect prediction and had to just (laughs) change up the pants. He was like, we can't have South get another prediction right. 
throw in the black pants and just completely hold on. Have you, have you gotten any predictions completely right, like 100% this season? Two so far. Oh, so okay. Week one, white, orange, white with the brand, and then against Kansas State, the blackout. But I mean, those are probably like the quote unquote easiest ones to get. So there's still hope. So, there's still hope that we can catch up, Meg. Yeah. There is. Justin, there is. Justin's helping y'all out. Hey, Justin, help a brother out. Do exactly <laughs> what I'm going to predict here. Shout out to Justin Williams, though. If you guys did not see the helmets up close on the Cowboy Football Instagram or Twitter, the details in that for Year of the Cowboy were just absolutely phenomenal. The front plate said Pistol Pete, and the back plate mm -hmm. was Frank Eaton's signature. And I just think that that this is – I don't know if we're going to top this look for me this season. The detail on that was just Loved it. Loved it. So well yeah. done, Justin Williams and our friends over there in equipment. But guys, my prediction for this week. Well, I, I was going to say great detail on the helmet. But yeah. honestly, I think the helmet was probably the best part of that uniform. Uh, the combination, I don't know about y'all, just felt a little under underwhelming. You know, that white, white, orange, black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a totally it's probably going to be more one of the more polarizing combos. You love it or hate it, right? Or not necessarily hate it. I didn't hate it, but it's just not my favorite. I think it was really cool, kind of abstract, you know? Um, cool for one game, but yeah, just not my favorite. And like the helmet itself, like this, uh, I guess just seeing the stripe the for the first time, I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. Orange, white, black stripes, gray face mask. Everything about this helmet was just like, completely abstract and i loved it but yeah uh, and i will say it was not lost on me that cincinnati wore an ou-esque combination against us so they had that reddish crimson-ish helmet on white jersey white pants i mean i guess thanks for the visualization of us whooping ou whenever we go back and watch the film but y'all thought you could come into stillwater wear an ou type combo and you know you i know what you were doing all get right it didn't work it didn't work get up out of here and i'll say this too as much as everybody loved the helmets, I think Coach Gundy's sweatshirt might have sold the show. Like, it got so much attention. Light gray Nike sweatshirt, huge classic OSU brand that oh that everybody loves. And I mean, I had people messaging me about it. Like, where do I get this hood? Like, where? How can I find this? This is like the best thing I've ever seen. So, right. hey man, Justin Williams all around. I know that you supplied that sweatshirt to Gundy. So props all the way around. I couldn't even appreciate the sweatshirt because I get so bothered by him tucking in his sweatshirts and his hoodies right into his belt, into his pants. I'm like, yo, bro, what, what are we doing, bro? I'm just every time I see it, I'm just looking at it in disgust. I'm like, bro, one of a kind, man. One of a kind. I guess. Just look at the design, Eve. Got to look past the tucking. It's hard. Just look at the design itself. Mm. Well, my prediction for this week for our uniforms, going back to what we wore in 2021 Bedlam, black, black, orange with the script cowboys on the helmet. It worked then. It's going to work now. Yep. Smart. I like it. Yeah. I think the past couple of years, we've gone black, black, orange, and we've gone black, orange, black. Yep. Right. And I would say almost like a combination of the two, but just the opposite. We're going to go orange, orange, black. Oh, All wow. Right? Yeah, we're going orange, orange, black, and I think we go with the the orange helmet with the cowboy script on it. I would I would love that combination. Wow, you threw me off, you threw me for a loop. I thought threw you were gonna go me. like orange, black, black for a second. Orange, orange, black is a combination we have not worn. All right, so now. hey, bring 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 on something just new. Like, <laughs> bring on something new. You just know? like last week, we didn't we had never worn white, orange, black until last week. So orange, they're going to be starting orange. to roll out all these new combos. Eve, you might be onto something. Justin, listen to your boy. Orange, orange, black. Let's go. <laughs> but for me, I'm going to have to go with black, orange, black. Of course, that 44 to 10, 2011 victory over OU. So many great memories. And of course, I, I hate to bring it up, but we did wear the combo again in 2013 and 2019 as well. So we are one and two in that combo against OU specifically. We have worn it in some other games. I think the overall combo 
record is three and four. So I know people are probably thinking, hold on, like uni karma. Should we wear this? The record's not the best. Hey man, this is our chance to get that number back up to 500 on both fronts. And it is one of the best looks classic in a way. I mean, this is what you think of when you think of Oklahoma state black and orange. I will say though, I will say if you believe in uni karma, the first time that we wore black, orange, black was against OU in 2011. So, and we beat them. So why not do another first time we wear a combination and we beat them? Orange, orange, black, baby. Let's ride. (laughs) I see what you did there. Your helmet. Helmet. Helmet decal. Let's go with the brand. Brand. Because. Yeah, you're just, yeah, you're just mimicking it all the way, huh? Mimic it all the way. Classic bedlam kind of thing like i know i appreciated the mix up a little bit cursive cowboys on black i think that was the first time that we had worn it uh against was against ou and it was like whoa like this is crazy but even whenever i saw it they dropped the uniform combo an hour before the game i saw the tweet and i thought dang that's a freaking awesome helmet but i, I don't know the, i don't know that i like it against ou of course everything changes whenever you go and beat ou and now it's like a legendary helmet, right? We love that helmet. I'm, I'm going to have it back here next week or something, right? Back behind me. But when I think of Bedlam, I think of that OSU brand. And I got to see it crashing that OU, OU brand. So let's ride. Cool. Finally, guys, game picks. Bixby and I and the Cowboys all became bowl eligible last week. Even Justin, you are slacking. You are not bowl eligible yet. You had that loss to K-State, which set you guys a game behind. But it's okay. We can all make up for it this I'll week. Happily, I'll happily take that loss for you. will prove me wrong. That's fine. <laughs> but it's on you guys for yeah. the other losses. Dad, gum. All right. No, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get there. Patience. Let's Ollie, see. Ollie Gordon, patience. Patient zero. I know, Eve, you're trying to like. Figure out some nickname that you could give Ollie. Patient I, have, zero. I have my nickname for Ollie Gordon. We'll get into that next week, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to get to game picks right now. Picks with picks. Hold on. Wait see. a minute. We got to do this right now. I want this to become a thing <laughs> ASAP. Okay. Need, we're going to go nicknames. We're going to take we a need, sidebar. We need, I, I think OG2 is just so unoriginal. Ever since RG3 came out with that nickname, everybody's been trying to use the first initial, last initial, and then, you know, if they're the second, third, whatever. Hey, but LJ3 for Leon Johnson the third, that might stick. <sighs> it's, it's lazy. I digress. It's lazy. And I think that us as American <laughs> sports fans have gotten so lazy when it comes to, to nicknames, right? Nobody's naming their favorite athletes Diesel, like Shaq anymore, or Black Mamba, or anything like that. Like, where did the creative nicknames go og2 is just so lazy especially in baseball where you just take the first initial and then the first uh syllable of the last name a rod and then everybody has the exact same nicknames i am not for it it needs to be more creative so didn't it start with j-lo though j-lo a rod all right. that right j-lo started that not i don't think a rod started that but yeah, that's well, not- what i'm saying is it's in sports that's happening in baseball and that's happening in hockey in hockey they just take a shortened version of the last name and they add a y to the end of it like you even seen it with Wembenyama. They're calling him Wemby. I'm like, that is so lazy. All right. I feel I feel a little bit attacked because I love the nickname Jay South. But go on. It's fine. You're passionate no, about it. Let's weezy. hear it. Let's stop hear it. Weezy is what it is. Now, I think Ali Gordon, if I was one of his homeboys growing up and I was into skating, I'm taking Ollie, which is a skateboard trick. All right. And my nickname for him would be Skate. Skate Gordon. And now here he is just skating through all these defenses as a college football player. It makes all the sense in the world. I'm calling that boy skate because he just glides, just skates on through. So, hey, we need to make this a thing. Skate Gordon. That's what I'm going with. Nice. So whenever you're tweeting out skate for all the listeners, you're going to know what he's talking about now. Everybody else is going to be like. (laughs) Yo, we're going to make it a thing. We're going to make it a thing. Skate I was thinking about it too. It's like fetch, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> skate is a new fetch, except it's, it's happening. I, I mean, I was thinking about it too. I threw out kind of like his patience. I was like patient zero, and then I thought about it. Like last week, he came back into the game and scored another huge touchdown run, and I was like, this boy is cold. He is absolute zero. So for right now, Ollie, your nickname in my head 
is absolute zero. So I might be tweeting that out a few more times. <laughs> yeah, we got to come to a consensus. All right. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll put a poll. We'll put a poll okay. on Twitter. We just have to have like, hey, uh, agent, wait, what'd you just say? Absolute zero. Absolute zero. I do skate. like agent zero too. We can throw agent that zero, out. There. Absolute zero skate. And then the other one will be like Hollywood because I saw the cowboy football tweeted that one out. Oh, kind of cool. Guys, I will I will come up with one. I can't come up with these <laughs> things on the spot. They just kind of hit me when I least expect it. Um, so that's fair. Yeah, uh, you know, just like it, it just has to come. And that's how it's supposed to happen. That's how nicknames are supposed to be given out. Yeah. Well, Eve, you cool if we go to game picks? Should we find out who picks? Yeah, let's do this. Week? All right, picks with picks. Will he be homeless or will he get oh, to stay yeah. here? I don't Pressure. know. Come on, baby. Big's going with the good guys. Let's go. You had me scared for a second. He stood there because he tried, he kept trying to go for the treats. I was like, I'm not recording yet. You need to wait. He waited patiently and he took the pokes and he knew. He knew that knew. his his bed was on the line and he gets to stay. I'm also Picking the pokes. I will never pick against them in the Bedlam matchup. I'm never. picking them 41 to 30 Saturday. Yeah. Cool. So for me, this is really tough. I know I got really jazzed up there. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be anxious going back and forth and internal struggle all week because it is not just another game. With that being said, this is the Believe in OK State podcast. It might need to be renamed the Blind Faith in OK State podcast based on some history with this rivalry. But you better believe that I am behind this team 100% and I am riding with Ollie Gordon. I am all in on Bowman at quarterback and now Leon Johnson III taking it deep. We got Brennan Presley with his Presley moves getting into the end zone. Man. The defense, just stepping it up. Nardo, just year one, proving everybody wrong. We got our guy, Colin Oliver. Bruh, this is where you become a legend, right? You've already got a Bedlam victory because of your late game sack against Caleb Williams in 2021 as a true freshman. Man, like if you have another game like that, we might build a statue for you. Nick Martin. It's your time to shine too. Kendall Daniels, like everybody, I'm all in on this team. I love this team so much. <laughs> and I have to have you guys win this last Bedlam game in Boone Pickens Stadium on November 4th. OSU 34, OU 31. A bit of a nail biter, but the pokes are going to get it done. We have to. Man, how are you going to say all those names and not mention Epps or Corey Black or any of the corners? Because we only have such such a small amount of time. Yeah, you just used up all of it, bro. That was the, that was the longest lead up ever. <laughs> all right. So, like I said, I'm going the opposite. I ain't doing as much talking. The the line, I think Vegas has a line set at like 60 and a half. I think take the over, right? I think it's going to be even higher than that. But I do think both teams are going to be in the 40s. It's going to be a nail biter. I have... You know, Justin, you're talking about anxiety building up. I think it's going to be an anxiety-filled game. And we are going to win 49 to 48. Mm. Uh, I hate that. It's going to be Ollie Gordon that puts the exclamation point at the end of this Bedlam rivalry for the foreseeable future. Close the book with some cardiac cowboys. Mm. Well, guys. Please beat beat them 44 to 10. So it's just like. We know, like, it's over. It's over. Fourth quarter starting, it's over. Please. I can't handle it. <laughs> guys, Saturday at 2.30 Central Time. Cannot come soon enough. Bedlam is here, guys. I feel good. I'm so excited. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bed Online. Absolutely cannot wait for Saturday. Pack boom pickings. Make it rowdy and beat. O-U. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Beat O-U. Beat O-U. Go Pokes.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.